Rangers, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my dashing blonde co-host, Kennedy. Hey. Hi. Hello. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween, brother. And it won't come out on Halloween, but we're recording it on Halloween. Yes. Well, it's going to come up pretty soon, but if you're watching this closer to Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. I want to welcome dear friend of the show, my lovely friend, Stafa. Welcome on to the Sentai Truther Club, brother. I, I just realized that that part is not pre-recorded and you have to do your whole uh, inhale voice every time you record this. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Grabs a grabs a master performer. Y'all don't know out there. You know, you don't appreciate the incredible amount of craft and artistry that goes into this. Stafa, what have you been up to lately, brother? That's a pretty vague question. I don't know. I've been doing election work and for this whole year, and that's over next week, thank God, because I'm tired of working in electoral politics, but you know, here uh, it's neither here nor there. But uh, I just moved to Oregon recently uh, from Michigan, and uh, that's fun and different. That's a huge culture here. shock, right? <laughs> it is a very big culture shock. Like I, I was talking about it with people before. It's like where I was living in Michigan. It's very industrial because it's just a bunch of like car factories. Like mm -hmm. I lived right next to a car factory, and then I moved to Oregon, and it's like I'm like five minutes from a downtown. It's like very interesting. It's um. Uh, yeah, it's like very different type of atmosphere. It's very fun, fun and different. Yeah, uh, this is your first born. time moving out of uh, the Midwest, is that right? Yeah, I used to live in Ohio, and then I moved to Michigan. So this is like all the way over here, West Coast. Damn, dude. Yeah, uh, I went through a bit of a culture shock myself when I moved from uh, the northeastern part of the U.S. to the south. Like, that was just a wholly big difference, you know? And I think when you move between like regions of the US, like I guess other countries that are out there that maybe aren't as huge as like say Canada or something like that, like conceptually, like it is a vastly different culture from like going from like the Northeast to the South or from the Midwest to the West Coast. It's all like, it's a completely different culture shock in terms of like, just not only like lingo, but like demogra demographics that you have to deal with all of a sudden that are much different. Mm -hmm. Uh, different uh, <laughs> sensitivities amongst everybody on certain things. Like it's it, just... in Michigan, we call we call like you know like it's like we call it pop, and like in the Midwest, but in Oregon, if you call it pop, they look at you weird and they're like, "Why aren't you calling it soda?" I'm like, "I don't know, because soda's <laughs> a stupid word." <laughs> Not gonna lie, low key, that would have been me. Had you showed up to my job and asked me for pop or something like that, I would have said the same thing to you. I'd be like, "What?" Yeah. What are you talking about? And then you would have said like Coke. And I'd be like, oh yeah, the soda's right there. Yeah. <laughs> are you adjusting okay at least? Yeah, I'd say I'm adjusting fairly well. I mean, there's not much going on because COVID is I mean I don't go yeah. anywhere, but uh as all things considered, I'm getting pretty comfortable here. What's your experience with Toku? Because you were really into Toku before like we even did this podcast. You were into yeah. Toku before like pandemic before really getting into that stuff like you were into toku like in the mid 2010s is when yeah. like you were posting like facebook statuses about this stuff so why don't you like tell us your history 
with Toku in general? Well, I mean, like, I grew up with Power Rangers, obviously, but not, like, the ones you boomers grew up with. <laughs> I grew up with, like, the Disney Power Rangers, so, like, Ninja Storm and the Dino Thunder and stuff. I'm like, like, I, 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 it was really cool, and I remember being really into it, and, like, I think I stopped around, like, Mystic Force or something, but then, like, I had, like, a resurgence at some point earlier in my life where, like, I was like, oh, I should catch up, and, like, and then I watched, like, Operation Overdrive and RPM and all that stuff, and then uh, I kind of dropped off again. Yeah, I think, like, by the time I stopped watching again, RPM was maybe the last one that was, like, around. But, yeah, then, then like, uh, That's, from like, there, a I really think... good note to finish off of, by the way. RPM is considered the best in the whole series. That's very interesting. I don't re- I, I remember it was, like, very different. Like, the tonal shift was very different. But, like, I remember, like, um, I got into Kamen Rider because of, uh, I, I guess, our mutual friend, Chris. But, um, he's always talking he about will Kamen one day Rider be on this podcast. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I tried to watch O's. I don't think I ever really finished it. But I watched don't Kamen Rider Kudo. Don't finish it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I will be honest with you. Our mutual friend, Chris. Chris, I know you're listening to this. We love you. We love you. But, like, O's is, like, uh, I think it's, like, 48 episodes long or something like that. And it's literally, it's not a good show. It's like consistently like a four or five out of ten, like four through the six range. Uh, and like it the the strength of the show is completely on the supporting cast. And if you erased like one character away from the show, you would just drop it completely. Like if you didn't care about one specific plot line in that show, you would drop it. Unless you're like one of those people that are committed to finishing any show that they start. But I will say, like, what makes O's good, or what I guess what makes people believe that O's is good, is that the last 10 episodes is Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days and Kingdom Hearts Twilight Town in, in two. <laughs> like, like basically, like, the show goes from, like, not good common writer to Kingdom Hearts Roxas storyline. <laughs> For like the last 10 episodes and you're like what the fuck what the fuck is going on wait this is the character's equivalent of the nobodies like they're getting norted what <laughs> like yeah dude it's it's that shit it's like it's pog right like that's just like it goes from like an 8 to like a 10 in certain moments but until that moment it was a fucking grind like, I hate it, and I'm sorry to go on this long rant about it, but I hate it when, like, I am committed to a show solely because I was, folk like, I was one of those people who was like, I started this show, I'm gonna see it through, I'm gonna finish it, you know? Just not to mention, I knew, like, it would pop up in conversations on this podcast, so I was like, it's kind of worth it to finish it through, too, but yeah, man. If it wasn't because I had that mentality about it, I would have dropped it, like, probably maybe 10 episodes deep. And that's so, <laughs> like, that 10 episodes would have been just because of our mutual friend. Not right. because, not because of, like, oh, I I absolutely, like, I adore this show or whatever, and the beginning is pretty good, so I'm going to at least watch a couple more episodes. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's just okay. And then it ranges from just okay to bad to just like slightly above average at times. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was trying to watch those, but like I, I really liked Common Rider uh, Kuga. I think Blaine was really into that one, and he got me to watch that. I and need then to I watch that. I watched Common Rider Double, which was it's probably my favorite Common Rider. It's low really key, good. Low key, one of the reasons why we started this podcast because Common Rider yeah. Double was so fucking good. Yeah, I showed yeah. Kennedy the intro to it. He's like, "Yeah, this looks amazing." And then, like, it was, Kamen Rider Gaim was the one that was ongoing at the time, and that's the one I think everybody was watching, like, weekly or, like, during the same time period, and I was really into that one at the, around that time, too, uh, just with the, with the fruit, and uh, I thought that was really cool, and, yeah, but, yeah, I've been kind of into Toku for a while, and I, yeah. I've never really been into, like, Super Sentai, though, I think Super Sentai is dumb i don't know why i just really like common rider a lot more than super sentai it's probably because i have an affiliate like i don't like i really like power rangers so it's really hard for me to like separate them and feel like uh they're separate things but they're just like super sentai doesn't appeal to me i like what was it gokaiger i think yeah is that the pirate one that everyone likes yes I, I like that one yeah I, but yeah other than that i've not really watched a lot of super sentai but i really like common rider yeah i agree like I, I watched the Super Sentai that uh, Dino Charge adapted. Um, I watched like the first couple of episodes and I dro I dropped it after like, I think after the second episode. Because we, we started it up and uh, I was like, yeah, sure. Because like I said before on the podcast, I can't wait to show Kennedy. But I showed uh, our mutual friend Chris and our other mutual friend uh, Shizumba. Uh, I showed them the uh, Power Rangers Dino Charge. Uh, the first episode of that and our mutual friend chris is one of those like purists so he's always going to think that the original is always better than whatever the adaptation is so mm -hmm. uh he showed me the uh first episode to the super sentai for dino charge and i was just like you know it's kind of cool how they kind of uh they do like mysticism like linking mysticism with like the dinosaur robot themes right but the the characters the characters are so corny because it's such a culture shock right because you're going from watching american tv and like american tropes to watching japanese tv and japanese tropes that because super sentai is more tropey in their japanese characters it comes off as very off-putting and I, I don't know, just bad <laughs> like because i don't understand the tropes as well and tropes mm -hmm. in general are considered like largely a bad thing because it's seen as unoriginal, right? Unless it's done or executed weirdly or done really well. Because I, I'm not familiar with those sorts of tropes, I'm like, oh, that's just bad acting. Or that's just bad writing, right? <laughs> I have to say, I watched a little bit of Super Sentai Gingaman recently, uh -huh. uh, which I, I believe is the one they adapted into Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Um, oh. or in space, one of those two. Right. Um, and what's wild is it's so different from what it gets adapted into. Like it's so wildly different. Like I, I, I just found that alone fascinating. But I, I was kind of enjoying it. Um, it was very surreal and mystical, and it had this very like fairy tale aspect to it. But that was just that particular series. I can't really speak to all of it yet or anything. Uh, maybe eventually I'll dive further in, but I, I would watch more of that, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, well, obviously, I mean, we are, right? I think that's that's pretty obvious. Everybody asks, you know, hey, what are you guys going to do when you're caught up on Power Rangers? And I'm like, I don't know, man. 
what happens when we do catch up on 26 seasons of a television show and all of its movies and sub properties? Uh, but also like, you know, obviously we have, uh, there's, there's a lot of different, uh, Toku stuff that's out there. Stuff that Saban has also tried adapting, right? Like Common Rider, uh, it was adapted into Masked Rider. Then there was there was Common Rider Akira, I believe, or something like that. Akiyuki, that that was adapted into Common Rider Dragon Knight, which we can go over that type of stuff. Um, I'm definitely, we're I I think we're based on how bad Power Rangers can be, Kennedy. I I hope you would agree with me in saying like we really don't need to watch the Saban adaptations of like the nineties and earlier stuff. Right. Like I, I don't think I'm down to watch VR troopers, but I'm down to watch what it was adapted from. Right. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll, you know what? I'll do it for the people. I'll take one for the team. I will watch VR troopers. if That's what it takes. <laughs> oh no, dude. I, I don't think, I, I don't think I'm going to do that, but I will. I will say uh, I will watch the stuff that VR Troopers was based off of. And I think uh, I did look into a couple of other things, Kennedy. Cybertron was a pilot that Saban did in between the Green Ranger leaving. So when uh, Jason David Frank left Power Rangers, when he exited the show for being the Green Rangers for those couple of episodes, he went to do a pilot for Saban for this show called Cybertron. That was based off of another uh, Toku-esque series called Metal Hero. And then that was going to be really cool because instead of it being a team of characters with, like, superpowers and stuff like that, it's just one guy. And he's, like, a cybernetic robot. There was, like, a seven-minute pilot. It didn't come to fruition, but what ended up coming out of it was VR Troopers, where they uh, (laughs) spliced three different seasons of Metal Hero into one tv show (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah just these guys man they they must have been snorting some cocaine and i also gotta say they must have been snorting some cocaine while watching superman 2 because here comes mighty morphin power rangers the movie you mean snorting some cocaine while watching the first the, the original first star wars so the fourth episode yeah new hope yeah right (laughs) this movie man you know what this movie is this movie and i and i had a private conversation with stafa about this but this movie is american hubris incarnate (laughs) yeah it's something i i was appalled yeah i thought the movie was really interesting to start like uh they start with the skydiving and stuff and i thought it was really fun to like watch some skydive it was like cool seeing um just like their their bigger budget come to come to play but then like they start walking around i'm like this is an angel grove what San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what this place is well it's funny that you mentioned that because i remember when i watched the first episode day of the dumpster in power rangers i said it looked like san francisco so I guess oh, I was yeah. low-key kind of okay <laughs> with it. Because, it, it, like I said, uh, it's kind of like the Metropolis version of L.A., right? Which I guess right. to some people is San Fran. But yeah, no, nah, I think but the best part of this movie is the first 10 minutes. Australia. Yes, yeah, the it beginning is of the actually movie is Australia. <laughs> it, it, is, it is actually Australia. Yeah, so this, this movie was filmed towards the end of season two, which is why the Rangers said was like, hey, we're going on a school trip to Australia. The first 10 minutes of this movie, 
as Stafa alluded to here, the best part of the movie. It's like 90s yeah. vibes. Good yeah. 90s vibes. And I definitely thought like them skydiving for a competition nonetheless. And then immediately going from that to rollerblading was like maximum Power Rangers. Like we are the ultimate athletic team's energy. Yeah. Like real Captain Planet vibes, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that. Like that was very funny because like usually they hang out like in school or something, but they were just like chilling. They were, they were all just like in a group of six, just hanging out outside, just doing a whole bunch of extracurriculars. I'm like, what, what is going on here? And then yeah. Bulk and Skull just happened to be on the thing there too, just hanging out. They're always around. <laughs> they have nothing better to do but be around. Yeah, That's very true in this movie in particular. Think, they th they really serve no purpose. I think after like getting the big budget, us seeing the television show leading up to the movie, and then watching this movie, like that first 10 minutes it hits you, it's like, fuck yeah, this is Power Rangers with a fucking big ass yeah. budget. Let's <laughs> yeah. go, dude. Yeah. It's more like, than two like places that they stand when they're outside. <laughs> like it's really cool watching them go from like a beachfront to like <laughs> like a park. Like there was more than just three locations. It was really cool to watch. They're, yeah, they're it not was totally reusing, like celebratory. They're not reusing Kimberly's garage, but now it's somehow skulls and it's not explained <laughs> yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah yeah i um, i loved it man i i loved it and um for the most part like i think when it comes to the story uh it's really simple right so at this point in the podcast hopefully you've listened to prior episodes if you haven't i'll forgive you this one time and one time only but basically the plot to this whole movie it's just an american movie adaptation of a ninja quest from season three, which is the opening arc to season three. And it's with a bunch of changes to, I guess, quote unquote, appeal to American audiences, right? That, that explains a lot of questions I had about the plot of this movie. <laughs> I haven't quite hit season three. And just like, I'm like, what is this ninja motif? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I'm so confused. It's really bizarre. It feels kind of like a fan film, except that most of the fan films I've seen are far more coherent. And also, like, it just, I don't know. There were so many, like, things about it that just seemed so weird. And, like, they were changed for no reason. I couldn't I couldn't handle all of the bizarreness of just like why they felt like they had to do things. And the weirdest part, too, is that, you know, Ninja Quest itself is imperfect. So in some ways, in a few ways, we'll get more into this, I'm sure, as we go. Like this movie explains like the transition to their new powers better. But at the same time, it's overall a worse explanation of like where things are going. <laughs> I don't think this does anything better. If if I'm being a, a thousand percent honest with you, I don't I don't think this movie does anything better than the regular Power Rangers show because even like differences in lore. Uh, now that you know we've seen what we've seen with the television show at this point, I don't even think the differences in lore between the movie and the show would make the movie better than the show at this point. Even in the context of like having only seen through season three right now, which is what we've done technically within the podcast release timeline, right? 
there were a couple of small like moments of explanation that were a little clearer than like things in ninja quest but it was still like i said it was overall much worse so it's like it wouldn't be like a worthwhile trade i just thought it was funny that it was like between the two of them you like could piece together an almost coherent lore that would have like fully explained everything except not really i don't know I, I just think it's like there's there's definitely an irony to the fact that like they took two shots at this explanation and they still like couldn't hit it quite on point the second time either. <laughs> what was the explanation in the second shot? Just like in Ninja Quest, like some of the explanations of like the powers and stuff were like a little bit weird and just like, I don't know, some of like the the overall like arc of like zordon being like here's where you're gonna go and here's how you're gonna get your powers was like given a little less exposition and like this movie did expouse on certain things and like try to provide like that clarity to an audience who like doesn't know anything and like it's just watching a movie you know right but still it's just like i don't know it's just such a hot mess that like even those small attempts to be a little more clear weren't didn't really pay off anywhere <laughs> A lot of my perspective on this movie is going to come from just the movie because, like, I'm only halfway through season two. And so, like, a lot of, like, the, like this ninja stuff I was super confused on. Because, like, halfway through... I, okay, uh, to start off, oh, go I off. thought the movie was very interesting because, like, they didn't have this, like, Sentai footage. So, like, the costumes mm -hmm. and stuff were, like, original. And so when they start and you see like Rita, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that is a different person. Like entirely, <laughs> that is a whole different person. And it was just really like clear right away. And then like Goldar, he looks like, like completely different. <laughs> oh my God. Goldar looks like shit. Let's just yeah, it. It looks super weird. Like, and then it was just a lot of weird design things. And then like, not, not even here yet, but like the Ranger outfits looked like actual action figures. They were like, like met like metal plated and like you could see where the joints were it was like what in the world it was so different like i can see why they did it for like a big screen appeal because like just having like the spandex whatever like and like the the way that the outfits look in the american footage it's very low quality it looks like 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 very like halloween costume like <laughs> like, like especially like when you see like the dragon shield it's like this plushy looking like material i'm like okay i can see why they wouldn't want to put this in like a like a movie but yeah I, I just i thought it was like really interesting to see how they changed the designs to like make it appeal to the to the big screen but yeah like i, I had like wrote notes down and i was like Godard looks different and rito's actor is very different and then like and uh honestly the movie jumps straight into things right after like the the skydiving and like the competition and they introduced the little kid who's i guess supposed to be like a foil or something i don't know what you'd call that he's just like something for kids who are actually watching this movie to look at and then like they show him and his dad and introduce him. it reminded me of like i don't know like the last jedi or like something like that <laughs> but like there, there, there just has to be like some some kid for the actual kids in the theater watching to appeal to but yeah, they introduced that character and he's like, I want to be a ranger. And it was just very interesting and fun to see that. I'm like, he's like a reoccurring character in this movie, like a main character that uh, the little child. But uh, like they jump right into things like they go straight to the construction site. And then I don't even remember. I feel like I blinked, but like they happened upon Ivan Ooze's like what, a casket 
I guess you could call it. I don't know. I need to just rise it up from the ground and then he was he's in the sewer there. system. It was an egg. <laughs> yeah. It's in a sewer egg. And the funny thing is that later at the command center when they're talking to Zordon about it, and he's like, the Rangers long ago hyper-locked him into the earth. It's like they just picked up that cover. Yeah. There was no special. <laughs> it was you know, like it got found out after six thousand years, but I'm like, bro, it was literally right there. Like, what? <laughs> it was nothing special. There was no special unlocking mechanism. They just opened it like a jar. Oh. Another note I had is that the OST felt super weird. Like it didn't feel very Power Rangersy. It didn't even feel good for a movie. It just felt like a bunch <laughs> of like strange songs and like I don't know. It wasn't very fun. And I, I, the movie feels very westernized off the bat. Like immediately, it just feels very westernized and like it doesn't feel like Power Rangers and anything other than like the costumes and the names. Like that, like, just like. Everything about it was just very strange. But I thought Ivan Ooze was actually a cool looking dude though. Cause like they pull up to the to the construction site. Cause I guess Zordon's like or they get pulled they get called to the command base or whatever. Which looks I don't know if this is how it looks in like season two or three, but it looks like oh. brand new. It looks really cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that never looks looks pretty like cool. this in any season yeah. of Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, really, really interesting. Yeah, so this command center, I'm not going to lie, it looks like the, the lead-up to the Superman ride in Six Flags. So <laughs> I, I had to, like, dock it points there. Zordon looks horrific. Oh, and my the, God. Literally, like, horrifying. Yeah, like, not yeah. only did they change the way the projection looked, but they changed his face and then come to find out that he's just like in a cryogenic chamber underneath the projection. <laughs> I was wondering if that was something I would just hadn't got to in the show. I was like, it was so weird. Like he's just sitting there in some crystals. I was like, Oh God, that was just so strange. Then his actor was creepy as fuck. looking. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, oh goodness. I I watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre recently because I've been watching some horror movies because it's October. He literally looks like the old man from that movie that's like the grandpa that like sucks the blood out of the young girl's finger. Like it's fucking <laughs> like he like that's how Zordon looks in this film. And they're all looking at him like, oh, Zordon, we love you. And it's like you're, you're, you're talking to, to Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh jeez, but not like they get called to the command center and then they're like, "Oh, our evil radar's off the charts. You gotta go check this out." And they go there, and then Ivan Ooze is pretending to be like a cop, <laughs> and it's it's really weird because like I, I don't know why I noticed this, but he just had his hand behind his head the whole time. I mean, it's just really strange. And then he turns into Ivan Ooze, and they, they get like freaked out. And I think the character, all things considered, he's pretty cool. He like yeah. emanates a lot of cool energy. Like for a villain, he's really cool. He I just don't... walks in and like stomps everybody. Yeah. So like, I like the character design. I think the character design for Ivan Ooze is pretty good. I don't think that he's necessarily better than Rito though, because. In the TV show, he's supposed to replace Rito Revolto, which is uh, Rita's brother. And all Rito is kind of like a cowboy skeleton uh, with a southern accent. And uh, he also plays a bit of comedic relief. But I do still feel like he has some like pretty strong plays in the opening arc for a ninja quest. So I don't think he's stronger than Rito. I also don't like... The fact that uh, this was back in the 90s when they used to do gross-out humor a lot. 
Like, yeah, his uh, goons, like, when they punch them, they fart. Yeah, and, like, his tangas <laughs> come from, like, his loogies that he spits out. Oh, God, that is so annoying to watch. He's just sitting there hucking up, and it's like, all right, this is gross. It's pretty gross. <laughs> super gross. There's definitely a lot of gross, just weird, gross stuff in the film. Yeah, also, I never knew any kids who liked that shit when growing up. It seems like uh, a weird fetish thing from these executive <laughs> producers that they're doing because this is like fucking disgusting. There's a few fetishes in this film for sure. Um, I just also want to say Staffa drew attention to the OST earlier and you were on the money about how fucked it is. And during this first combat sequence when they're like fighting like the, the ooze monsters, the ooze putties, whatever you want to call them, I don't know. The, the music is like this like sort of military march it's like grungy it's, it's, it's so weird it's it's a little like captain jack if y'all remember that from back in the day but it's like way worse it's just like very like here's this like very generic beat and this like task mastery voice just yelling over uh, yeah. over it like Go, power boy. Go, power girl. You can fight the monsters. Like, like it's like, what the fuck is this music? Power Rangers has the hypest music in the world. And then you guys decided for the film to be like, let's put the dumbest shit we've ever heard in our lives over these fight scenes. Tell me how Digimon yeah. the movie had a better soundtrack. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like we're, we're at this first fight, and like already, like at this point, like they start fighting without like transforming. They're just doing their own thing. Like, we're, like that's how they like they like to Dragon Ball, <laughs> where they just start fighting, and then after a few hits, after a few nicks, they'll be like, "All right, let's morph everybody," and then they morph it up. And I thought the morphing was actually pretty cool. They didn't like reuse the things from the show. They, it's like, like music did it, like, video very morphing. Special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny to watch though because i was like okay it's different it's cool to see something different and then like it was really funny though because they morph and then like what would happen like they go into a corner and morph then they come out and they're like oh where'd they go <laughs> they just didn't sit there and watch you morph they just left they didn't want to sit there and watch and then they're like inside of this construction building and this is when i realized god these fight scenes in this movie take forever <laughs> They were like really, really, really long for no reason. Not gonna lie, fight scenes in Power Rangers can get really long, especially in season two. I think the hand-to-hand -hand fight scenes get really long, I guess, to drag out the runtime. In season two, the hand-to-hand -hand stuff got better. I think that was like the only positive of that season and like I think two episodes. But this is that American hubris peeking in because they thought that they were hot shit that they didn't need to use... Uh, they didn't need to train their actors to do martial arts for the stuntmen, so they started using fucking wires and shit. And it looks like comedic as fuck, dude. It looks like I literally posed the action figures and just swooped it across the that, screen. That's exactly how it looked. The one of the first things of choreography, if you could call it that, was like I remember like. Yeah, if you, if you play like the Mario and Luigi RPG games, like on the game or whatever, and like you, you like you have Luigi jump on Mario and he does like a spinning like jump. Literally, Tommy does that from the ground. He like does a spin jump like thirty feet in the air, <laughs> all the way up to like a pillar. And I'm like, this is goofy fucking action. It was so goofy. 
and then like they're fighting and like it's really weird because like they're not really fighting like hand to hand they're fighting with these like with these like technologies and these tools that i feel like they don't normally have it was like they some don't. really weird like movie made like made to sell toys type deal it and like is. i remember like the pink ranger did like some weird wire thing and i was just like what's going on here nobody's actually fighting they're doing like these no. weird tools and shit and it, it was just strange because like i remember like tommy he does like i think the finish one of the fight like things or i don't know if it was tommy or one of them but like they jump and they literally do like an action figure pose, like kick, like a common Rider kick, like all the way down. And it's yeah. just like so dumb. It's literally so dumb. It, it felt ridiculous too, because it's like they literally hired uh, Jason David Frank because he was a martial artist. <laughs> dude. Like yeah. this actually impressive choreography. And here he is in the movie, and all he's doing are these like flying wire kicks that look stupid as shit. The fight scenes were very, this one in particular was very long, disjointed, and just kind of bad in general. And they're just making up powers out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> at one point, Rocky, like his helmet transforms into like Terminator mode or something. He's like scanning for the enemies. <laughs> like they're just, they're just, where is this stuff coming from? We've never the... seen the Power Rangers do this kind of shit ever. I think. <laughs> The minute I knew that, first of all, I knew this movie was shit just like off the few instances of CGI and how they treated the costumes oh, God. and then the wiring, <laughs> right? So like all of that combined, I was like, okay, this is definitely a shitty movie. But I for sure was like, okay, this is a really shitty movie when uh, the Yellow Rangers light. Oh, my, I was like, just about to break <laughs> Oh my she god. She activated the flashlight that was in her helmet. And I'm like, we need some it could be an industrial strength flashlight. That shit is not lighting up an entire garage yeah. floor. What the fuck? Like one of oh, them that was could very just funny. pull out a mag light and it'd be like, hey, actually, I've got this. You could turn yeah. that off. Yeah, it's like a triple D battery fucking flashlight. And I'm like, cool. Okay. But in my head, as soon as she did that and I saw it, I envisioned the toy packaging where it says, try me. And you press the fucking top of the head and the lights come on. Yeah. And it was no, like, as seen toys. on the movie. Yeah. It was such a blatant, like, fucking cash grab dude that's this entire movie i just um, remember that during the fight the like while the rangers were fighting the little like ooze putties uh ooze like ivan ooze himself actually went to the hideout and literally just like i thought it was actually pretty cool though because like he has a lot of character like he's just like oh what's up zordon you, i haven't seen you in such and such time uh, that's another thing they, they keep saying these random times he'll be like oh six thousand years nothing's changed still using teenagers i'm like what teenagers six thousand what yeah there's some implications i'm like there's some there's some implications that was another thing i had in my notes literally in the very beginning like ivan oozes at the place and he's like Oh, I smell teenagers, and I'm like, what? What? That's what? Yes. <laughs> fucking creepy. Why do you have teenagers sin? And that's the only time he's ever smells anything. He does it twice, and it's only for like the smell of teenagers. I'm like, anyway. Well, weird. you know, it's the it's the body odor. 
you know, because yeah. <laughs> teenagers don't wear deodorant, right? This is like a yeah. Stephen Molyneux post. Like, that's where this is headed. And it's just like some like creepy, like incel. Like, that's how Ivan Ooze felt at times for sure. But he felt like that he was the alpha incel, the Chad incel, if you will, because he definitely dunks the shit out of Zed, too. Zed is just way too much of a, a, a pathetic loser. Yeah, because this was season two era Zed. So Zed was kind of like trying to boast and be show offy and just failing ultimately as mm -hmm. a villain. Yeah, he wasn't like goofy. He was like trying to be super hard at him. Like, the, I mean, it was just like, all right, sit down, buddy. I'm going to go ahead and take over. And you guys, you know, I don't want to worry about this. I'm just going to do my thing. And it was actually pretty funny to watch him just like come in and just stomp everybody like that. Because he comes into the hideout, literally touches. You know, he just like he touches him, destroys him pretty much, makes him like a short circuit, and then he's just talking to Zordon, like having a conversation, and he just destroys the whole place. He literally just trashes it. And we're just like, like, why by by the time they're done fighting, they're like, wait, our powers are not working. What is going on? <laughs> he goes straight from that to just beating up Rita and Zed. Like it's a pretty yeah. lot of boss moves all at once. And Zed, very pathetic. Very sad. Um, just can't do anything to stop it. <laughs> he puts like, him in a snow all. globe. He puts him. In, that's just humiliating. Puts him in a snow globe. Uh, it it kind of feels like when you have that friend that's like the edgy dude who thinks he's like a hardcore guy, and he's always got like a knife that he's playing with or something, and like you're 16 or whatever, and then like his like older brother that's like actually in the military comes home and just like beats the crap out of him in front of you. That's what it felt like when Ivan Ooze shows up and just dunks Zed into a freaking snow globe. No, Kennedy, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> oddly specific, oddly specific. <laughs> but like, at this point, the movie kind of loses me because it's like, Okay, so the Rangers don't have their powers anymore. Zordon is on this crystal bed dying. And then the movie's just like, you know what? Let's send him to a different fucking planet. And I'm like, what? Is this something we've done before? Like, <laughs> we're just doing this? I'm like, all right, I guess. As somebody who's not, like, at season three. And I'm just like, okay. And then, like, um, they get to this planet. They can all breathe somehow. Okay, luckily. I don't Whatever. It's a fucking cartoon. It's, a, it's basically a cartoon. Don't worry about it. But then, like, it's really boring. And then they get another fight scene with these stupid crows. One of the worst just, like, fight scenes I've ever it's seen. It's literally terrible. <laughs> and it's so boring. Like, it's so stupid. It's not really choreographed very well. The things just fly directly at them. And they just, like, jump in and out of the way. It's just so boring. And then, like, this this Amazonian yeah. warrior. Is, is, this, is this how it is in the... In the no, show? Is this no, character in the show? No. Hold no. It, hold your horses. You're getting a little bit far ahead. <laughs> so just like, what gotta, in the world? We gotta talk about like We gotta talk about that fight. We gotta talk about that poorly choreographed fight. But so also we gotta talk about this 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 hero is foreshadowed as this like mysterious cloaked figure for a while and it's like very Obi-Wan Kenobi vibes of like yeah. Like watching Luke about to get his face busted in and deciding whether or not he's going to intervene, like uh, in A New Hope. It's like that exact vibe is what they're going for with this like robed figure wandering around. It's just very, like, I don't know. The whole thing was so w weird.
the robe itself even was weird. It was like this like snuggy looking ripply texture. <laughs> I don't even what was that thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like that that choreographed fight, man. Uh so this was the one time, the one time that they used practical effects. And I was just like, you should have just used CGI at this point. You should have just fucking used CGI at this point. Why? Why? Because they were facing off against, like, skeletons of dinosaurs, I guess. And, like, That's maybe... after they meet the Amazon. Is that after they meet the Amazon? Yeah, yeah that's, like, that's, like, much after. They fight oh my the God. Tengus first. Not Tengus, Tengus first. Okay, well, I gotta say, like, after the uh, heads-up display and the 48-watt uh, uh, flashlight in the Yellow Ranger's helmet, uh, <laughs> everything is literally a blur until that di that dinosaur skeleton fight and then the Amazon woman. Cause, no, like, no, no, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it just kind of loses me. Like, there's just nothing. It's just so no. boring. The whole middle is just, like, nothingness. It's so strange. I was really trying to pay attention. Like, I, I, I honestly was not, like, doing something else while I was watching it, you know? Like, I might be sometimes or something like that. I was just watching this movie, sitting there watching While this under movie. the influence. And um, I, I still can't tell you, like, oh, here's exactly what happened. Here's exactly how it went down. <laughs> it's just very confusing, very just a blur of just very boring, weird scenes. But anyway... Uh, I, I do remember enough to at least kind of summarize that the so the cloaked figure throws off the robe and saves them, and it's this like Amazon kind of like a a Xena warrior princess knockoff in this, like a dude. slight way. I hate this. This was um, the moment my heart fucking broke into because I realized we weren't going to get Ninjor on the big screen. This is definitely a huge step down from Ninjor in terms of she's not a very compelling character at all. I don't know. It was just very unlikable as like a whole sequence. And then she kind of like is initially going to beat the shit out of them. And then they're like, wait, we know Zordon. She's like, Zordon. She's like, oh, I know why you're here. You need powers. And there's like, you need to go climb into the big rock spire and find the powers hidden in there. And then she gives them like the ninja powers. High key, like this part of the movie is so. It doesn't know what it wants to be. It no. doesn't know whether it wants to be action movie geared towards teenagers or a kid's movie with like a good moral lesson in it, right? Quote unquote. Because essentially you have this like land before time Care Bears-esque <laughs> vibe coming from the Amazonian woman as she has this like really provocative outfit on. And you're like, this isn't even kids appropriate at all. The way she gets rid of the birds is she 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 tears her stick in half and starts spinning it on each side of her and it creates like some shock waves or whatever. They're like, oh no, I gotta I gotta get out of it. And they fly all the way back to Earth. <laughs> it's just yeah. really wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very something. And and then when they get into the jungle, the Amazon woman can't help them because she is actually really old and she's standing in a place where she doesn't age or something like that. Um, she's a vampire, I guess. I don't know. Um, so uh, 
they like go through the jungle and like they face some like a few like kind of trials in the jungle and of them my favorite is there's like this giant like skeleton dinosaur that they have to fight yes um, before they get to like the the four like dinosaur warriors there's just a giant like stop motion skeleton triceratops looking ish thing except like with more teeth this confused the fuck out of me (laughs) like this honestly confused the fuck out of me because i thought i think we glossed over the ceremony of how they got it boring well it has some key interesting things to talk about which is one she talks about the ninjetti but you don't actually see who the ninjetti were what they look like, what oh. their history are. It's kind of just like, yeah, they they have power and they're willing to give it to you. Cool. She goes, she tells everybody how like good each power is, right? So you have like whatever, right? Like all of them, like you're you're as ferocious as the wolf, etc. But you get to Adam. Oh, I'm so glad. And then Ad, she's like, Adam, don't look in despair. He's like, I got like, the frog. He's like, I'm a frog, really? Yeah, she was like, well, every frog becomes a prince. I just, what? This she is literally very says, unlike Adam. She literally says, yeah, first of all, it's very unlike Adam. But she literally says, you're like the frog that becomes the sweet prince with a kiss and kisses him on the forehead. Like, it's the most awkward and it doesn't even explain anything. It's like, well, how does that make his powers yeah, good? Yeah, she moves like, right, right on. She moves right along and doesn't even address <laughs> it again. And also, I don't even remember anything about Lin Literally, she says, like, inside of everybody, there's an animal spirit, like, w- waiting in there. And then she, like, blows dust on them. And that's how they activate. Like, they just are in ninja outfits. And as somebody who doesn't even know that that's happening in the series, I'm like, why are they job? what i was so confused as to why they ended up in like ninja outfits and like it was just really strange because like they're on a different planet and like for some reason the secret power are earth animals i don't understand that either (laughs) that was very strange this is like the beginning of the end for the movie for me because i think this is when i started honestly like checking out talk about the villain plot a little bit because I was going to say, yeah, this is the B plot going on. <laughs> while, um, this while this is going on, Ivan Ooze is up to his own nonsense, which is selling Gak. Y'all remember <laughs> Gak from the 90s? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ivan Ooze is selling Gak. <laughs> that's 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 the, the main plot, except it's evil Gak. And when your parents touch it, they, they get mind controlled. It's like and, Jimmy um, Neutron the movie before Jimmy Neutron I was, the movie. I literally wrote that in my notes. I was like, is this Jimmy Neutron the movie? You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, I swear this is the same plot. Jimmy so Neutron the movie is a better movie. It's so funny that y'all said that because I, when I watched this, I watched this with a friend and, and they said that also. Everybody's just like, oh, it's Jimmy Neutron. Um, yeah, except uh, and, honestly way worse way worse and so apparently ivan ooze has this factory underground also like they didn't just bury him they also buried his like evil factory of evil and so he needs all the parents to help him dig out his factory so that he can blah blah whatever mainly why i want to talk about this is because two of the worst jokes in the film occur around this time 
And this is like bad Scooby-Doo level humor where you can just tell it was written by like a dusty old boomer and that like people probably were like, can we maybe cut this joke? And that this old this old white guy that has a ton of money is like, no, it's a great joke. It's like, let me tell you, kids, this one's going to really get them. Um, so first of all, Ivan Ooze makes this like construction dad dance at one point, And it's like this could be like a kind of funny moment, honestly, like just get like. Stepping aside and just being like, it's a kid's movie, blah, blah, right? It's not. Even even with those considerations, it's not. Like, it's not funny. It's clearly written by, like, a 90-year-old boomer who thinks that, like, dances from the 50s are, like, jokes that anyone could relate to even in the 90s. Um, like, what the hell is this? And then there's one more terrible joke, which is... There's this character in the movie we haven't talked about at all that's like is sort of a replacement for like, I don't know, Finster or something that's like this like weird pig guy. And like he's just a he's just a random like villain lieutenant. I was was like, is this just a character that I have not been introduced yet? Because I'm like, who the fuck is I was like, I swear to God, I don't know this character, but they're they're inter- they're shoving him in my face as if I'm supposed to know who this is. So I'm just gonna go with it. But I was like, I swear, I don't know who this is. It's not just you. I've watched all the way to Zio, and I had no idea who this pig guy was supposed to be. And they all act like, like a background character. He talks the most out of every like villain besides Ivan Ooze. I was yeah. so confused. Yeah, he's not Hot even time. a part of the main series. It's bizarre it's really hell. it's really bizarre. I I have no um, idea. They make one more completely terrible joke in this scene that was just like again, this is written by like a a, a fucking vampire, you know, who works at Disney. They say something about something happening like a week back, and the pig guy is like, "I had a week back about a week back." <laughs> I remember that because what? it was a weird throwaway line. part of the b-plot he, he found his way onto the construction site and he got scared because i think goldar was like keep working and he thought he had found him but it was, he, it was just some random dude who was just sitting there not working and that's when they made the joke he's like oh, i had a week back <laughs> nobody even acknowledged the joke it, it was just like boom next scene and i was like what, what is this it was so confusing everybody is wearing purple vests and i was like when did they find the time and why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ivan Ooze has all of He's got boxes that say ooze on them. He's got these bottles for the ooze that are like branded. Where did he find the time for all of this branded shit? Skipping back to the heroes real quick. I do want to say that one of the issues that I have with the Power Rangers in this uh, movie specific to the translation from the television show to the movie plotline is the ninja powers. The ninja powers themselves in the TV show are much cooler because yeah. the ninja powers in the television show, they do like, like jutsus that you would find on Naruto. They'll, they'll do like fucking like a shadow clone jutsu. They'll teleport. They'll do all of that shit. Um, but here in the movies, they kind of just are like, regular human beings who just know a bit more martial arts 
but still I have, was like, say, did they have any i don't recall any kind of powers like that nah man nah they didn't trust that american audiences would get it that's very interesting yeah it was yeah, focus tested right whack. out of the movie it's super whack there's no ginyu posing like when they get the ninja powers in season three there's all this like ginyu force style like exaggerated posing and stuff all the time and and it's like there's none of that and it feels so unhyped by comparison um and then the fight scenes are just like these very weak it feels like any kind of 90s action movie for the most part kind of fight scenes like it's like indiana jones or some bullshit just whack they got their powers is when they fought the dinosaur bones things like yeah. they cut back to them in there and it's really interesting because like they don't do anything different they, they, just, yeah. they just walk up and like punch i die inside because this was like the one time where it could have been kind of cool sort of with like cgi involved just to see how bad it would be where it's like morbidly curious moment but instead it just falls flat and it's way too long <laughs> they fight these four like guardians of the temple that are like these weird bone monster alien things. And I just want to talk about that for a second because I thought it was really funny. The first one, they kick into the, or they kind of like drop into the water through like a trick and he kind of just melts in the water. And you kind of feel like, oh, that's odd. Like just melting in water. Is there something special about that water? Is it not actually water? Is this, you know, is this something going on there? Um, are these guys weak to that? Never addressed at all, and they kill the rest of them other ways. Just felt really weird that the first kill would be like this sort of bizarre thing that seems like it's indicative of something. And then the rest of them, it's like, no, we just like, they crush the next one with rocks. You know, they slice one in half. Like, it's just like, whatever. Yeah, I think the last one that he, uh, that Tommy did like a, a corkscrew, uh, wire kick all the way down. Yeah. He was spinning for like a good two minutes and it was a, it was a big, big epic scene. Very, very good. The wire very work is wonderful. so <laughs> obvious. It's so obvious. It's almost like, like theater wire work. <laughs> yeah. like they're doing a musical and they have to like swoop around like this is like the spider-man play when they would like hurt themselves every two weeks on stage and had to like suspend the play for like a month on broadway it's yeah. just it's horrific man like it every single time this movie thinks it couldn't disappoint you further it, it does it just does it finds some way to annoy the fuck out of you if you're a fan of the show. Absolutely. And so there's also this funny thing because Ooze like gets the parents to finish his work sometime in all of this mess. And it's like they've dug out his factory and he's going to make these monsters or whatever. And he's like, all right, parents, go jump off a cliff, basically. Like, go jump into the quarry. It takes them like 10 hours to walk <laughs> from from the factory to the edge of the quarry which is not supposed to be very far away like it takes them forever like some of these fight seems happen in the meantime they get their zords they come back to earth all this stuff like it's just the timing of this film feels so off at yeah. certain moments and this in particular was one of the things that was just like are you serious it takes them this long to get to the point where they're actually at the cliff but we'll get to the point but they're actually at the cliff in a second, because first there's a very, very bad Zord fight. 
one of the worst Zord fights in all of history, probably. Before they even get to the Zord fight, like, the Rangers beat those four Guardians things, and then they get to, to like, the coin, the, I don't know, like, the Ninja Zords, and they get their Ninja Zords. And, like, they absorb the powers into their chest. And then they all just get their, like, their morph, like, back. And I'm just like, that's it? Like, <laughs> the, the, the ninja stuff didn't even matter anymore. It was, no. They literally were just their normal selves now. And I'm just thinking, like, well, maybe they'll have different outfits or something. No. Literally, they are the exact same with a different medallion in their chest. And it's really interesting. I was, I'm looking at, like, the screenshot right now. I didn't even realize this earlier. But, like, uh, Kimmy, that's her name, right? That's Pink Ranger. She doesn't even have her skirt that she's supposed to have, like in this American version of the suits. And I thought that was very interesting. But yeah, no, they get they get their powers, and that's basically it. Like then they go back to Ivanus and all that stuff, and that's when the the big old Zord fights happen. Well, well, you see, they couldn't put the skirt on the action figure without it costing more money, right? Because then it would have Makes to sense. be a unique action figure compared to the rest of them. That is true. <laughs> oh, one more thing we should draw attention to real quick before the Zord fight. Bulk and Skull, very sus in this film. Okay? So, when all of the parents get brainwashed by touching the ooze, um, the kids are basically like, we're gonna have a fucking party. We're gonna throw... No parents. Like, the whole city, all the parents are gone. <laughs> we're gonna go nuts. And there's all these kids just... Par like, all these kids who are like, between the ages of like seven to like twelve, just like wiling out and like eating candy and partying and, and, and going nuts. And then Bulk and Skull, who are like <laughs> look like, you know, 18, 19, 20 at this point, are just also hanging out with like the 12 year olds. That was a little sus, Bulk and yeah. Skull. They're just I'm chilling like pizza popular soda. They're just like sitting there with these kids and while everyone's just partying. It's so strange. <laughs> um so the kids realize that they need to like rally and go try to save their parents. In the meantime, the Rangers come back to Earth. Ivan Ooze smells them again instantly because he instantly smells teenagers, I guess. Um, as we discussed earlier. Um, <laughs> Smells like teenagers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> very fucking weird. Um, just a very, that's, that's just a weird, come up with anything else as like a plot device next time. That's my advice. There's this Zord fight and it's just, it's so bad. Okay, so. <laughs> it's really bad. So the Zords um, are CGI. The monsters are CGI. And okay, so this is, I was gonna, I mentioned way earlier that they could have made decisions that would have made some of these things not look as bad. And there's even a few scenes where it's like they're kind of doing things right and like the monsters look a little cooler um, than they do. But it's like only one or two scenes out of like all of like the moments that you see these things. For the most part, it just looks like crap. And one of the biggest problems is they chose to make like everything have reflective textures yeah yeah <laughs> yeah everything has this these fake ass looking reflective textures that don't reflect anything bro veggie yeah. tales had better so cgi stupid yes yes unironically there's unironically that, there's that episode of veggie tales where the per like there's like a a kid that lies and the moral is to like not lie anymore and so the the uh, the vegetable uh, keeps getting bigger and bigger, 
that scene right there with that bigger and bigger monster or whatever, that whole scene in VeggieTales was better than all of the Zord fights and stuff that was in this movie. This movie came out in 1995. You want to know what else came out in 1995? Toy Story! Oh, yeah. Like, there's no excuse to make a movie that looks this bad with the CGI the same year that Toy Story comes out and shows that 3D animation is completely viable as an art form. Yeah. For the entire movie, not even just for these small Megazord segments. Right. Like, oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the Japanese had it right with Super Sentai, right? Because with Super Sentai, it was all toys. They got, like, plastic molds of the Zords, and they did, like, stop-motion stuff. I don't understand why they couldn't just do that, but with, like, a bigger budget. Like, how yeah, cool I feel would like it, it would have looked done a that? lot better. It's just the American hubris, where the Americans thought that they knew better. Mm-hmm. It sucks. And the, the worst it. part about Ivan Ooze's, like, little, little, I don't know, like, creature, creatures and monsters, I don't think we've really talked about it much, but, like, he has those two, like, little monsters that were in the ground, and they're just, like, this ugly silver, and it's, like, you could have made them any other color, they would have looked better. But because they're, like, this silver reflective that is not reflecting anything, it just looks awful. So bad. So fucking bad. They and also the, changed the, up the, the sword designs, too. too. That the Zords too, half of them, like only like the the flying Zords get like many scenes with like practical effects. The rest of them are like all these like shiny textures that look like crap because they didn't know how to do that yeah. back then. And it's <laughs> They're like really bad. All they would have had to do is make these matte textures and change nothing else, and it would have been better. Like, they could have made so many decisions. They made the worst possible decisions. These fight scenes are so terrible. It's almost as bad as, like, a Michael Bay Transformers where you can't tell what's going on because it's just, like, these shiny, bizarre, ugly, like, janky boxes it looks smashing like trying into each to, other. It looks like <laughs> trying to play video games at, 19, at, like, 1080p high ultra settings with Intel HD graphics. <laughs> it looks like PS1 game. Like some like Earth Defense 1 looked better yeah. than this. Like, <laughs> yeah. like what is this? They also they changed the designs of the Zords too. Like when it combines together and all that stuff, oh, it's God. completely different. It's so and it looks like shit. Hideous. I, when the Megazord, I was like, the fuck is that? I can't even just tell what creature is what. It was like this amalgamous like blob. It was so close. It it looks yeah. like the ATSTs combined with like cubics. Remember that show? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like some Transformers Beast Morpher shit. When when it they did look when, like they're, <laughs> when they're morphing into like the Megazord, especially like that transformation sequence is one of the most hideous things I've ever seen. Just absolutely weird as hell. Some of the parts were transforming in ways that didn't make sense at all. They're just I, like a long game. I remember the gorilla. Like, <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, also, one more thing that happens during this sequence that's super weird is um, so Ivan Ooze and Goldar are in this like tower watching the fight. 
at first and then it's like ivan ooze starts to realize that the fight's not going well and so he stretches his face out into this long noodle and then sends it up the butt of one of the monsters that's a thing that happens and then like becomes a, a super large cgi horror thing um, i was i was i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> stuff was happening on the screen i was not paying attention <laughs> no, that definitely happened. He freeze super booze himself into one of his own freaking creatures. It's super weird. Yeah, like what CGI took up ninety percent of the screen real estate. I was like, I'm done. Out of here. This is this is not for me. Clearly, like I'm not young enough to enjoy this type of shit on my screen. Like, like I said, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It, it, no. It, because it's so bad, like, my only recommendations for this movie would be, like, a kid who's, like, eight years old or younger and was a fan of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers at the time. Like, that's the only people that could enjoy this. Because I feel like once you get past the age of eight, like, the movie just goes on, like, a, 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 like a huge downturn from there. And, and like in in the B plot, you have like the kid, uh, the like the little main character kid. He he rallies up all the other kids and gets them on this like this monorail, and then he himself turns on and activates and drops the monorail <laughs> to like <laughs> where the parents or something of the sort. The parents are gonna no, commit like, suicide, right? Yeah, he's yeah. like, they're, yeah, I they're think still that was explicit. Walking, yeah, that they're was explicit. Walking. That was very explicit that, that that was their intention, that they were going to go commit yeah. suicide. No, he literally was like, guys, go jump off a cliff. What? Like, what, what the fuck? There's also this part, the monorail, the track gets broken. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Tommy swoops in, in the fucking eagle, and yeah. uses the eagle as track replacement. For the monorail, for the section of missing track, it's the goofiest thing I've ever seen. I, I, I wrote in my notes, I'm like, Tommy lets them continue to drive the children in the monorail. He was like, I save you, but bye. Like, yeah, you can figure it out from here. I'm just like, what in the world? It's so irresponsible. But then they like get to where they're trying to go. I think the monorail ends up like where the parents are supposed to go like where the cliff is or something like that yeah the and then like all the kids run out and like he's like the, the little kids like are oh, you guys gonna stop them and so everybody including bucket skull started just like pushing on the humans no, which no, for Bulk some reason does nothing bucket skull go with him oh no okay they go with him yeah yeah, yeah. and then like they turn on like a water jet engine <laughs> yeah, the kid the kid gets up in a crane that it seems like the implications that bulk and skull are like controlling it because i'll get to that in a second because that's actually very interesting so kids like bulk and skull come with me everybody else try to like hold back the parents and like these brainwashed parents are just like shoving these small kids out of the way and walking towards the cliff like it's basically no big deal yeah. but then the little kid pops up in this crane and like has a a, a water cannon and just start spraying these people down. Like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just weird, weird as shit. Yeah, um, it was very strange. Like, they're, they're spraying them like they're protesting or something. Right. Like, it's, 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 it's like a water jet. And just like, 
Nobody is hurting. Nobody is dying. Like he's it's really wild. Too. He's spraying the kids yeah. too that are supposed to be helping. He's just spraying them too. He's completely like it's just no. I don't even. It's that's a very weird. I was like, is this propaganda? What is this? Um, it was such a weird solution to the problem. Like I don't so know why weird. the writers were like. Yeah, th th let's do this. They could do anything. I mean, they were just like, yeah, we're, we're going to do this. It was just so strange. While this is happening, the Rangers are fighting. Uh, Ivan is in space. In space. It's like some really weird, like, really weird space chase. It was just not, not enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Very bad. And I think the last thing I wanted to comment on uh, before the, the movie, like, gets to its ending is that the cockpit scenes are awkward right because like they change the the way the rangers look in the cockpits because it's not spandex it's more like action figure armor so yeah. when they're in the cockpit scenes the mouthpiece looks really weird with how they they molded it and then like the way they designed the cockpit it looks really small and uncomfortable to operate in for long periods of time <laughs> yeah and like before they beat him entirely, because there's really not much to this fight. They literally no. fly up in the sky. And like, um, I, I remember putting in my notes, like just watching Ivan Ooze is so weird because he looks like George Lopez in Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And when he's like the face inside of the, the machine, <laughs> it just looks so weird. And like yeah. he crashes onto them and like they're, they're like in a little tussle and they can't get rid of him. And the dumbest fucking way to beat this kid enemy is like they they look to the side and there's like a like an emergency button. It's like break for emergency for emergency use only. And she presses it, and then like it kicks him in the nuts. That's the emergency. <laughs> <laughs> it knees him in the nuts, and then they win. They're just like what? He just he they, gets hit by Ryan's comet. Which is uh, they they their whole plan is to have him get hit by this comet. That's the that's the I'm trying to make this sound in any way good or interesting, but it's just so that's the resolution they came up with. Is and like they, as they, soon they as he dies, the parents come back to form, and they're just like, what? <laughs> just like what the fuck is going on? Right? Well, Still not, getting sprayed with the like hose. Orgy, basically. It yeah. almost, like, <laughs> it, like the vibes get so weird the second that they're unbrainwashed. All the parents start like hugging each other and like talking like everything's normal and like just no one's the... questioning where they are, how they got there, nothing like that. <laughs> God, this fucking movie. Well, they, they come back and he's actually dead. <laughs> Zordon's literally dead in the crystals. And they're like, and then Alpha's like, oh, you're too late. And they're like, what, what? <laughs> and so then they're sitting here crying. And then they're like, then I think Tommy's like, wait a second, guys. What if we just fix this? And, <laughs> right, and then they right. just hold hands in a circle. And... <laughs> And then they bring him back, and that's Ooh. it. Oh, they don't just bring him back. They also fix the entire lair, too. Yes. So, it was super weird. They use the morphing grid. Yeah, it's, they use, like, their new yeah. ninja powers using the morphing grid. They brought him back to life, and then they brought the entire lair and fixed it up. And he still looks disgusting. Like, <laughs> the makeup, the mask, I don't know what's going on. It's disgusting. Like, what I don't understand about this own movie is that they contradict their own lore, right? Like, 
So Zordon, the concept of Zordon, the concept of the powers, the concept of morphing and the the transformations and, and all this other stuff about the universe, for some fucking reason, that's all American. That's that's not Japanese. Zordon is not in Super Sentai. The fact that they changed all of that and made this alternate universe for the movie, the second go around to like reintroducing the public to these sorts of elements sucks so much is just appalling. I, I don't understand. I, I'm both like I was both terribly disappointed and not understanding of why they did the things that they did considering that this was already geared towards American audiences in the first place. So they know what works and what doesn't work. But I think that they were riding high because this movie was originally planned during like the beginnings of season two when there wasn't like a lot of uh, pressure put on the Saban group where they were like, oh, well, we've got a huge ass budget. Let's fucking flaunt it now. And so that's what they did. This movie is the, like, one of the shining, or at least, I guess, shining turd examples of season two writing. Where you just got the feeling like they missed the fucking boat on what worked in Power Rangers. And they they didn't quite understand yet what was so appealing about the Rangers. And they just try to make it as Americanized as possible. They essentially try to make, like, a superhero film while also being a Sentai film, while also, like, having the trappings of, like, 90s movie making and technology. Yeah, it felt, like, so little, like, Power Rangers, and it just felt like a superhero movie. And it's, like, not in a good way. It just, like, it took all the identity away from Power Rangers and just, like, replaced it with a lot of, like, generic, like, just, like, a lot of, like, nameless, like, elements. It just felt really weird. It, it literally felt like when um, they make like an American adaptation of an anime as a live action film and just completely botch it and don't seem to understand what the source material was. Except again, this is an <laughs> American show. It's their own show. Right? Like, yeah. like they didn't need to reinterpret so many things. They didn't need to reinterpret the costumes with all these weird yeah. features. <laughs> like they didn't need to change the Zordon's effect to be like horrifying and bizarre like it was they didn't need to like change like they could have spruced up a few things don't get me wrong there were a few changes that weren't necessarily entirely worse i thought alpha's like outfit was really cool it looked like movie production it was like oh okay it's pretty cool the command center like if you look at the command center on the show and compare it like yeah that's not really something you would do in a high budget movie probably like it's a pretty bare bones set so i could see why they wanted to upgrade it but it wasn't necessarily the best upgrade but it was still like okay-ish there were some things that weren't horrible but overall most of the changes it was just like why why would you do this to your own property this was an utter failure before we before we wrap up and give our ratings uh what did you guys think about the rangers do you guys want to do a rangers rankings I don't know, actually. I don't know if I actually want to do that, if I'm being honest with you. They're all bottom tier. There's not enough to say, yeah, there's not enough to say. No character oh, shine. No, yeah, there were literally no character. Like, I'd say Kimmy had the most, like, character, if you could call it that. Like, it was her and Tommy. Like, they, they literally, nobody else did anything. 
Well, Adam, Adam was being super petty. Like he was the only one that was like outwardly negative to watch. I feel yeah. like, especially yeah. with the Ninjetti moment where I'm like, dude, oh, and- you have powers that no one else has. Just be grateful. I'll actually say one more thing about the characters, which is that they made Aisha really pathetic in this movie, which was a huge disappointment because she's actually a pretty strong character in the show. A lot of the time, at least the episodes that we watched, you know, like she, she presents and by strong, I mean specifically like she presents as like has strength, like has determination, you know? And in the movie, like they just literally use her as like, she just like cries a lot and is like scared so uh, yeah, yeah. There- I noticed that in the fight scenes, was like she's just ba- she's like she's like Daphne. <laughs> she's just running around and like they like I think Billy had to save her once. It was just like oh, she's just not doing much. Huh? Billy saving Aisha is like so ass backwards to the way the show even operates. Like it just doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like if I got to put the first ten minutes on repeat. I'd keep that as like a live wallpaper of sorts, you know, like a rotating screensaver. I would totally do that. Like that's pro- that was the best part of the movie. Honestly, just straight 90s vibes. I felt warm. Mm-hmm. I felt cozy. Optimism was in the air. It was great. And then after that, it all it all fell apart right in front of me, in front of my very own eyes. I'm liable to give this a goose egg, but I guess for the first 10 minutes, I'll give it like a 2 out of 10. I'm also feeling like I would have to rate this probably a 2. There were a couple of moments that I genuinely enjoyed in terms of just, just especially just kind of just switching the brain off and just kind of like letting it be. It's like there were some moments that felt like this is, you know, okay. <laughs> but it was very few and far between. I mean, we're talking about under... 15 minutes of the entire runtime was acceptable. Yeah. yeah, no, it's very weird because it's like there's not even a lot of redeemable qualities if you like turn your brain off. Because it's like I feel like the whole middle segment of the movie doesn't need to be there, but it no. has to be there for there to be a movie. But like that's like this movie just shouldn't exist, basically. Like there's not enough material <laughs> like to be a movie. It's just really strange. It's hard to take anything away from it and be like, oh, that was cool. Cause like not even the fights were good. They were garbage. <laughs> like, and even the Megazord fights were garbage. The character yeah. moments were garbage. The like, dialogue was garbage. I'd say like, maybe the only redeeming quality, if I had to give it one, was like the B-plot with the kid. And like that's something we didn't even talk about much. But I feel like that was the only story here. Everything else is just so garbage. But that all. But the thing is that the reason why we didn't talk about it too much is because where it ultimately led sucked as well. Like yeah, the whole him yeah. helping save the family sucked ass. So it's yeah. like it's not even worth it, right? It's like, would you recommend someone Game of Thrones just because the first like five, like what is it, five seasons, five and a half seasons are pretty decent? You know, even though you know what happens at the end. So it's just like, yeah, it's not really worth the adventure. It's a non-starter, in my mm. opinion. I will say that because I watched this with a friend that just watched it in a vacuum of like not being watching Power Rangers all the time that like he liked it slightly better than I did, not by a lot, but like he did have like, you know, he was like, ah, it wasn't as bad because I think, you know, if you're not as already attached to the properties, 
in some ways it's probably not as bad but then at the same time it's like who do you recommend this to it's like do you recommend this to somebody who doesn't like power rangers like i would just recommend them the show then yeah like i i would prefer as much as i didn't like a ninja quest part two because it was a four-part like series as much as i didn't like a ninja quest part two i'd rather show them a ninja quest versus showing them power rangers if they knew nothing like the power rangers movie yeah i wouldn't even show this to my son my son is like seven years old and he loves power (laughs) rangers i don't think he's seen the power rangers movie yet but I wouldn't even show this to him. I'd rather just throw on like season three of Mighty Morphin. It's yeah. so weird because I have like memories of this movie, but like all I remember is Ivan Ooze. I, I didn't remember anything else. Everybody who remembers this movie literally just remembers Ivan Ooze, and that's it. Like one yeah, of yeah. our mutuals, uh, Staffa, was saying the same thing. He was like, I don't remember anything about the movie, but I remember Ivan Ooze being pretty cool. So I go, yeah, like, okay. That's literally the only thing. <laughs> that's it. And at the end of the movie, like Rita and like uh, Zed, they and they show up in like a in like a mid credit scene, and they and to reclaim their their spot in the in the plot because they have been gone the whole time. And it's really funny because Goldar is just like he just like a super simp. He'll go to like whoever is in charge, and he's like, "Okay, I'm your I'm your number two, and that's that. It doesn't matter who it is. He was doing that for Rita. As soon as Zed showed up, he's like, "My lord!" And as soon as who's <laughs> so here, he's like, "I'm here. I'm your guy." He just doesn't that's care. Goldar. That's probably the most true to character the film has gotten to the respective TV characters. So, what would you rate it, uh, Safa? I feel like it's like a one. It literally doesn't have any redeemable qualities. It's really bad. <laughs> I'm glad we're in agreement here. Stafa, is there anything you would like to plug? Not really. Follow me on Twitter at Simply Stafa. Uh, I put the simp in Simply. (laughs) But that, I I don't know. That's all I got going on. It's a good Twitter feed, folks. It's a good Twitter feed. (laughs) But other than that, no, not really. I'm just chilling. Send me money on Cash App. But uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed being on this podcast. I listen to it all the time. Like literally, I you, you started doing this podcast, and I was like, this sounds fun because like Power Rangers is something everybody has like this collective memory of. But like going through the episodes again, it was like listening. When I was listening to the first thing, I was like, wow, this is really fun to like listen to because like I have these vague enough memories like enjoy this but also it feels new to me again because it's like i don't really remember stuff and like then i actually just started re-watching it because of this freaking podcast and i was like what oh this 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 is actually really interesting like season one is kind of cool <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff in season one and then i got to season two and like which is where i am right now and i was like wait i remember this from like being a kid i remember when they had to like like kick him in the z and they started crumbling and stuff like <laughs> That I, it's really interesting, and I remember the stupid dragon zords and stuff like that. And like, it's just really, really fun to like re experience that kind of thing. And I can't wait until you guys get to like Ninja Storm and Dino Thunder. That's what I'm excited for. Oh, yeah, we're we're definitely gonna get there. We have uh plans for the foreseeable future on all of this. Toku, we we just have so much Toku to go through, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much, <laughs> you're not gonna run out. <laughs> yeah, there, there's just so much like between all of Power Rangers, between uh, even like, did you guys know before we head out? Uh, did you guys know that Saban did an adaptation of Bioman before he did uh, Zoo Ranger for Power Rangers? He did Bioman as like 
what would have been the progenitor for for Power Rangers, and uh, mm. nobody nobody was taking up his offer on it, so he oh, couldn't totally. make the show. So then he reworked it with uh, Zoo Rangers. Uh, there was also like it was potentially going to be based off of Jetman, which I think I've revealed before. But then you know Jurassic Park was like a really big thing in '92. Uh, Zoo Rangers had the dinosaurs, so that's why yeah. they did Power Rangers the way they did. But Saban's Bioman adaptation never made it to light. If anybody listening Aww. to this podcast has any connections on that Bioman footage, I want in. I I want yeah. in. Sh- sh- send it. Send it to us. We'll do a grand premiere and everything. We'll give you credit and everything. But I I would love to see like what Saban had in mind for for Bioman and that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, there's just there's just so much Toku that we're we're gonna be covering for for forever. Uh, this, we're Kennedy and I are gonna be in our fifties still talking about Toku. Hopefully, <laughs> I feel like you're gonna get kind of tired out when you like starting a ZO because <laughs> I swear it starts getting really boring until in space. I think Turbo sucks, and then you get to in space and it's really good again. But there, there's gonna be some dry times going. I'm sure. Yeah, that's why we got the filler guide. Uh, I think, I guess, a little bit more of the housekeeping is that we recently updated the filler guide for Power Rangers Zeo because the Zeo one was extremely lean, like almost too lean to the point where like certain plot elements that we've been familiar with in the prior three seasons of Mighty Morphin uh, were just like not answered and the episodes that would answer them wasn't included in the filler guide so i had to like retroactively go back and add them in and then delay like a couple of our other recordings but i think with the filler guide added cutting out a lot of that chaff has definitely helped us like re-watching this show for sure i can't imagine yeah. being able to do this podcast and having to watch all 60 episodes of mighty morphin power oh. rangers season one no way. And I, I will say it helps a lot, especially with those seasons, because like we're watching Zeo right now and with the filler guide, it's pretty good. We'll get more into that. And like that'll be, you know, for you out there listening, that'll be like the hopefully the next thing you hear after this, probably. But yeah, it's like it's surprisingly decent. But then if you step outside the filler guide and like watch a little, it is so bad. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see uh, yeah. every time. Like I know we've shitted on Rocky quite a bit. Uh, I caught a Zeo episode that wasn't a part of the filler guide. And Rocky was it was just Rocky being a himbo for some girl or whatever. And he there's like I shit you not. There was a scene where Rocky bit his lip. And I thought that like Lynn, Lynn Miranda type lip biting and i'm like no bro i'm like don't make me rate this the worst fucking episode and then i checked the filler guide and i was like oh okay this is non-canon cool let me skip this so like yeah even though we're not getting too much in the rocky territory i'm very happy that what we are skipping is also like trash so (laughs) i'm very very grateful (laughs) rangers thank you so much for listening If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.